Welcome to this episode of the Medical Affairs Professional Society podcast series, Elevate. I'm your host, Garth Sundem, Communications Director at MAPS. And today we have a special event, speaking with Tim Michalishvili, CEO and co-founder of Amadea Pharma and the winners of his Medical Affairs Olympics competition. So Tim, before we introduce the winners and talk about HCP engagements, Tell us a little bit more about these Medical Affairs Olympics. What was it? Sure, Garth. Well, just a few months ago, uh, Amadev Pharma hosted the first ever Innovation Olympics in our pharma industry. And we came together and we responded to the challenge to dare to share ideas across our functions and across our companies. And we changed conventional norms of how we communicated with each other, how we provided feedback, how we debated. Uh, We came up with new formats of evaluation of feedback through live polling and real-time feedback uh, in medical affairs. And finally, we also uh, created a workshop in the form of a learning and development community uh, in this Olympic spirit. So those uh, competitors who were able to advance to the semifinals and finals They were able to share their ideas multiple times, uh, emphasize various different features of those ideas with a global audience, which everyone became familiar with over time. In the process, they also built upon their ideas and enhanced them as well. And so it was truly a shared experience that I look back at with a lot of uh, pride. And I think we made a lot of uh, important steps in medical affairs. Cool, Tim. It was uh, a great, great to look back at the, at, the, at the event. And to look forward. I can't wait till next year's uh, Olympics. Innovation Olympics. I was calling it the Medical Affairs Olympics, but Innovation Olympics. So Yes, Medical Affairs Innovation Olympics, to be exact. So you had submissions, and now we have winners, the gold and silver top idea of the year winners. We have Vinay, Vinay Thariel, co-founder and CEO of Discreetly and Ben Weintraub, co-founder and CRO of Infrenesis. Uh, So before we get to our discussion of HCP engagements, I would love to hear about the winning ideas. So Vinay, oh, first, by the way, your your tagline uh, of discreetly farm to tablet is genius. (laughs) Can you tell us what is discreetly? Sure. Thank, thanks so much, Garth, for having me on the on the platform and on the podcast. Uh, Discreetly is essentially a data-driven engagement platform that we're building to help pharma companies drive uh, on-demand and omni-channel engagement with physicians uh, and between medical affairs and physicians and healthcare providers. Um, essentially, that's our, what our platform is. It's a centralizing platform where uh, pharma companies can be on and physicians and healthcare providers can be on in one in one space engage with each other, receive the information that, that, that a provider would need, uh, engage with the folks within medical affairs based on their, uh, based on their needs uh, when they need it the most, and drive uh, a prescription for that physician if it's, if it's in the best interest for that patient. It really help elevate the science and, and the data behind the product uh, is what Discreetly's aim is for our providers and for our companies who are on the platform. Sounds like you're in the right place with our audience, Vinay. Ben, um, <laughs> Tell us about Infrenesis. Yeah, thanks for having us. And I'm glad to continue the Olympic victory tour with Vinay. (laughs) Envision is a platform um, that Infrenesis developed that 
helps to organize huge amounts of complex information. And the idea is that medical affairs teams are inundated with facts about drugs, facts about medical devices, um, but not just clinical data, but also opinion from doctors, um, regulators, all sorts of stakeholders weighing in. And how do you organize all this information into a framework that everybody can communicate and share information and ideas, and that you don't lose those insights that you get uh, along the way and, and they, they become part of a, a larger knowledge base. So we built the Envision system to facilitate sharing, organizing, and communication of information. Oh, that's so interesting. So I, I hear a lot of similarities between these two platforms and then also very interesting differences that I would love to dig into. But let's just open up the discussion about engagements. So we have so many new ways to engage HCPs and KOLs and now DOLs, right? But engagement seems more difficult than ever for some reason. So Ben, what do you see as the best practices? How can industry engage more effectively with healthcare providers? Yeah, well, I think from from our experience, you can think about who you talk to, where you talk to them, and what you do with the information once you talk to them. Perfect framework. And uh, who you talk to, I think that we all spend a lot of time with KOLs, so key opinion leaders, um, or whatever they're called, the top of the pyramid, the, the thought leaders that that think about, you know, very far ahead about what's going to be used tomorrow to treat lung cancer or Alzheimer's disease. And I think it's also important to talk to community doctors and um, and to people at all levels in between so that you can build that consensus of opinion. Sometimes we're really good at focusing on those KOLs, but, but need to take into account what everyone is thinking. The second thing I, I would uh, sort of frame it as is where do you talk to them? And um, I'll call out the special cases of medical conference as an excellent place to to interact with um, medical professionals, often as peers and and discuss the latest findings with them at the posters and uh, go up to the scrum after the oral presentations and and learn the latest, um, in addition to, you know, whatever interactions you might have at a medical booth. That's a a very special case. And and, um, as you said, Garth, I, I think that it was harder to talk to physicians during the pandemic and um, some of that is slow to come back, but medical conferences have come roaring back. Yeah. And then what to do with the information. I I think that um, Vinay and I will dig deeper into, and um, I've already said that organizing it is a, is is a bit of a challenge. (laughs) A bit of a challenge. Vinay, what what do you think? Who do you talk to? Where do you talk to them? And what do you do with the data? No, that's a great, great question, Garth. And kind of just, uh, you know, taking a lead from what Ben said, especially around, you know, engaging with various types of healthcare providers. Um, I think, you know, again, in my opinion, I think the biggest challenge is that most providers, especially at that community level, are really unaware of medical affairs and medical science liaisons in general. And so when you look at the data, it's about only about 30% of physicians, you know, in that community space are actually engaging with an MSL uh, mm-hmm. or even know what a medical affairs is. And so this is the biggest hurdle that we need to overcome is creating awareness to these different roles within the medical affairs space, especially the MSLs, who are really the front-facing uh, force of the medical affairs teams. 
Um, we do know that of the small subset of providers that do engage with MSLs, over 90% of them have said that they find their interactions with MSLs extremely valuable. Mm -hmm. uh, but then again, this is still largely underutilized by the farm industry. So I think this kind of creates an opportunity for us now to leverage this demand uh, and really, again, elevate that science behind the product and help empower these physicians with the data that, you know, we have in the medical care space to help them utilize these new therapies that are coming to the market or that are on the market to help them drive and improve their patient outcomes. Um, but I think, you know, one of the problems that companies are facing is with scaling these MSL services, even if they wanted to increase their MSL reach or increase their medical affairs reach, it, it, it's a challenge. And so I think we need to rethink how we approach MSL and provider engagement. I think one of the ways by tackling this challenge is maybe by driving engagement from the, that individual provider workflow perspective mm -hmm. uh, and really putting the physician in the captain's chair to be able to deploy more of like a needs-based engagement strategy. Uh, you know, I think we can do this by leveraging, again, technology and virtual engagement platforms to create both a push and a pull strategy for engagement versus what the standard processes are right now, which as we know are pretty challenging and can be very difficult sometimes for MSLs and, and medical affairs. And so I think that's one of the things that we can kind of do is uh, use technology and, and virtual engagement to leverage uh, and overcome some of these hurdles that we're facing. Okay, I heard so much there that I want to follow up on from both of you, but let's let's start with the uh, community providers. So they're not in PubMed necessarily, you know, they're not presenting at the the congresses necessarily. So so how do we find these folks, Ben? What do you think? Oh, I will uh, I will defer to Vinay and Tim on yeah. that. I, I think market <laughs> cool. research, you know, they, there's great ways to uh, to identify them. Mm -hmm. I, I think in my opinion, one of the ways that we can, ta uh, you know, tackle the engagement of community providers or the folks that are, you know, maybe not, uh, you know, uh, who are more of uh, in the community space. I think the one way we can do that is by creating a central platform where, you know, these physicians can just log on and be available on this platform, whether it's an app or an on online platform that they can use in their daily practice, you know, very similar to apps where physicians or using drug reference apps, for example. And that's essentially kind of what uh, discreetly is going to be. It, it's essentially a drug reference app where physicians can learn about new medicines that are coming to the product, or to come to the market rather, and then again, receive uh, the ability for engagement and virtual engagement, on-demand engagement with, with MSLs. So I think that's one way we can identify these providers by creating a space where they can all kind of congregate in one area. Um, I think one thing that's, that's really nice about Benet's platform is that I think you find that um, all doctors don't want to have more information pushed at them. They're, they're dealing with this information overload the same as all of us are. Yeah. And, but they would love to have a place where they can go and, and it's organized and they can get answers to their questions. And, you know, some of that is an MSL that you have a relationship with it that you can call and talk to her about it. And some of it is an information platform that's a little bit better than what we have now where people feel comfortable and find answers quickly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know, very commonly, uh, you know, MSLs in field medical affairs, they're given a list of top tier KOLs, and most of the time, they don't always include the the real world universe of healthcare professionals and physicians. That I think requires a more timely. Uh, strategy of communication that's consistent with how physicians themselves communicate in the community, outside of the community, in academia. 
as well. And I think that's what uh, Vinay's uh, platform provides us. And uh, to just to add to uh, another strategy that's used in medical affairs of reaching out to the community physicians is working cross-functionally uh, that we, we cannot forget, right? You, you may be given these top-tier KOLs in the academia, but very often for many disease states, it's important to work together with commercial counterparts, um, you know, in the regionally, on a national level, marketing. And so you have to be pervy to that information. You have to be open mm-hmm. to receive that information amidst the that that uh, pseudo firewall between medical and commercial <laughs> that we're trying to cross cross uh, cross borders with. Yeah. And uh, of, of, of course. And so if you know, when when th- these questions arise in the field, I think commercial also needs to be aware of platforms uh, that are currently you know available whether it's viva medical information or or new ones such as vinay's creating and the other point that i'll make that i really appreciate from both the ideas and the audience as well globally at the olympics is that a lot, a significant value of medical interactions medical affairs interactions with healthcare professionals comes during scientific meetings those have been the highlights of my career and so you have to really be organized, uh, as Ben mentioned, in order to uh, make that data that you discover at these meetings re- most relevant, you know, to, ren- to render your organization competitive, right? And so the, the speed is of the essence in really understanding what are some of the insights and how can I, uh, bring, you know, bring them into actionability. And so I think uh, Ben's, Ben's uh, scientific conference platform uh, I think it's a it's a great case study to to demonstrate that. So it seems like identifying community HCPs could kind of be considered a challenge of too little data. They're not findable. They're not they're not creating publications data or conference data in a way that makes them findable. And so one solution um, is Vinay's platform, Discreetly, that collects these people all in one place. And all of a sudden now we we can connect with them. But on the other side of the world is the problem of too much data. And Ben, your platform uh, in Infernesis or or uh, the platform that Infernesis created. Mm-hmm. Envision. Envision helps organizations manage big data. Tell us about that. What What do you do when you get a lot of information? We find that medical conferences like ASCO and the ASH meeting here in New Orleans in a few days are a wealth, a treasure trove of not just data, but opinion, uh, consensus, discussion. You want to capture the questions and answers that were asked at your presentation or your competitor's presentation and, and see how concerned doctors are about the two deaths in that trial or the, the fact that 10% of the patients had an increase in LDL cholesterol. And you also want to pay attention to how that sentiment or the opinions or the data are changing from one conference to the next. And PowerPoint summaries are difficult but uh, to produce at the time, but they're even more difficult to go back to and find that information you're looking for. It's a bit of a challenge to communicate that you can, your MSLs can all collect that information, but how do they communicate it efficiently between them, each other and 
and uh, be able to benefit from the, the sort of building of that consensus opinion around it. So with all that in mind, and, and um, especially paying attention to the compliance and the, the privacy and, and other regulatory aspects, we um, had been doing this conference coverage for many years as consultants and decided that we needed to build a much more rigorous way to do this and um, set about to create Envision with all that in mind. Okay, so do you, sorry to follow up on the mechanics, but so then do you sit effectively as stenographer in the room for the Q&A and capture these things in a Word document and then transfer them over? Or are you using natural language processing to somehow capture the recordings and create data from that? How, how do you create the data in the first place from Congresses? We spend about 20 minutes training an MSL team how to do it themselves. And then they oh, cool. go to the meeting and they <laughs> capture for all the things that that they each attend, they uh, they they enter their notes in the system, and if they want to uh, capture the slides, they can do that, and it'll all be processed by uh, NLP and into text. All those tools we do, uh, we give them to make it super easy. We help them put together a schedule that you know tells them the best talks and posters to go to. Um, but um, but really, it, it's to empower them to to do what they do now and um, just just see the value of that information that they collect get taken up to the next level. Okay, so how to help an MSL team make the most of a scientific congress? I would uh, that that sounds like not as good as Vinay's tagline, but I'm going to take it. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good to me. Well, so then. <laughs> We have HCP interactions. We've talked about best practices for HCP interactions. And an interesting thing that we had brainstormed to talk about today is drawing the drawing the line from HCP interactions to ultimately improve the quality of, of patient care. And as as we I don't want to say wrap up yet, we've we've got some more time, but as we move on. It's, it's the why of medical affairs, right? You know, we're trying to improve patient care. So improving HCP interactions might be tactical, right? And improving patient care is, is the ultimate strategy. Vinay, how does improving HCP interactions actually improve quality of care? I think the one way we uh, we can think about this is by just looking at the, the the difference between an interaction between medical affairs and specifically a medical science liaison versus an interaction with a sales rep, right? Sure. Uh, on a, on average, medical science liaisons will have about thirty to sixty minutes with the healthcare provider when they're interacting with them, which means that there's going to be a lot more level of of data transfer and knowledge transfer that's happening in this in this type of interaction. So we're uh, at that at the, in in that simple framework itself. We're we're uh, providing physicians with more information that they would probably receive in any other format or any other context of interaction within within the pharmaceutical industry itself. Uh, but then when we look at the data as far as like what happens with these interactions, uh, as, or as a result of these interactions with an MSL and 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 a physician, you know, a recent study came out that it was looking at sort of like the consequences or sort of the the what happens after MSLs engage with the physician. And we saw that, you know, over 89% of doctors will actually take some sort of action with an, you know, after an MSL interaction, meaning that they feel either more empowered to use this new medicine to drive a better patient outcome for their patients, feel confident about using something that they may not have necessarily felt confident, or, you know, confident about using uh, pre previous to that interaction. 
And, you know, we also see that about 40% of doctors will actually request some of these follow-up meetings with an MSL as a result of that value that they receive in that interaction, which means that that physician is wanting to engage in an ongoing educational conversation, an ongoing educational relationship between this MSL and the healthcare provider. So if the physician is finding value from that interaction with an MSL, that means that they're receiving the information they need to drive better patient outcomes and improve their patient outcomes at the end of the day as a result of this uh, of this clinical relationship that they're having between an MSL and a, and a physician. So I think that's kind of the, from me and from my perspective, I, I feel that, that is really where we can help drive and improve patient outcomes. And that's really what we're trying to do with discreetly at the end of the day is driving the data when the physician needs it the most. And I think that's kind of the commonality that I see between like, you know, Ben's platform and ours is the speed. We're trying to have that speed to efficiency, speed to data for providers. And if we're able to provide this information in a timely manner, it should have an effect on patient outcomes at the end of the day. Um, because if you think about it, like sort of in sort of the current context of how an MSL may come into play with an interaction with a community physician, right? If it typically happens maybe in the sense of, you know, if, if a physician has a question that an, a sales rep can't answer, the sales rep has to put that question into the CRM that gets cascaded through a whole bunch of processes, which finally gets to the MSL. The MSL has to reach out and then, you know, set up a meeting with the physician. And this whole process is two to three weeks, sometimes on average, which means that you're basically delaying and, you know, uh, it's, it's not time conducive for that patient because maybe that physician had that question for a patient who's in his office or who's about to come to their office. And if it takes that physician two or three weeks to get that information, it's not going to lead to any, uh, a direct effect uh, on that patient outcome. And so I think that's the thing that we need to uh, improve on. Um, and I think that's that's what we can do between our platforms over here and, and really help drive these patient outcomes at the end of the day. Okay. And, just and a- Garth, I think uh, w- one point that uh, I think also we have to remember is that medical information is now doubling every 70 to 75 days. Mm-hmm. So, you know, physicians themselves, they are... Uh, overwhelmed with information. And so all of medical affairs, uh, including field medical, MSLs, but also medical information are now finding new ways uh, through different science hubs that they're now hosting themselves on their websites in order to provide information in a more timely manner, as you heard Vinay say to the time sensitivity of, of the decisions. So, you know, smarter interactions with pharma could lead to smarter clinical decisions as well, such that it's it's not just the intent to change behaviors clinically, but you are able to translate that and validate that, that it those changed behaviors and, and patient outcomes actually did occur with an MSL interaction that validates the medical information that you may have sent out, for example, or the physician may have seen on your website. So. One thing I heard at the very beginning of this conversation was the idea of self-service med info and potentially on-demand MSLs. And Ben and Vinay, I'm sorry, I don't remember uh, which one of you the insights came from. But, you know, are are we in a transition period between the traditional pharma-driven MSL outreach identifying KOLs and HCPs and networks and proactively engaging them into you know the addition of a more self-service physician-centered interactions with with pharma. I don't know, Ben or Vinay, if you want to speak to yeah. that. Yeah, I could I could take that if you don't mind, Ben. I, I think that yeah, I think there is an opportunity now for us to 
have so, sort of this transition, as you mentioned, Garth, or having it in tandem with the current state of, of engagement with MSLs, because I think the one thing that, I think the common theme that, uh, you know, a lot of companies are constantly talking about is customer centricity. Customer centricity is like, you know, it's the buzzword that you hear in, among every company, but what does that mean? You know, like if you're, if you're wanting to drive a customer centric approach for engagement, that means we need to put the customer at the center of, uh, at the starting point of that interaction and, and, and engagement. And so I think there's definitely this opportunity to be able to drive customer centricity by having an on-demand uh, capabilities or even, you know, uh, putting physicians in, in their in the captain's chair to virtually engage when you know in their timely uh, when it's timely for them. So I think yeah, there's definitely we're in this in this period now where we can have maybe a combination of the both, you know, the, the, the standard plus these new ways of interacting. All right. Well, in this transition period, thank goodness we have innovators and new platforms that are going to help us generate this data, find the people we need to find. Uh, and then manage the volume of data that inevitably is going to result on the back end. So thank you, Tim, Vinay, and Ben, for joining us today. Listeners, check out Amadea Pharma, Discreetly, and Infrenesis. MAPS members, don't forget to subscribe. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Medical Affairs Professional Society podcast series, Elevate.